Good morning. I'm Pastor Mark, and this is E3, and uh, we are continuing in our series uh, through the Sermon on the Mount with a series called Summer on the Mount, and this is the 10th week. But before I jump into that, I just want to say, um, during that last song, one of my favorite things is when I'm back there about to come up, and I'm usually back there in the last song, and just when the band steps off the mic and just I can hear you guys singing. Uh, it's really incredible. It's really amazing. And I was like sitting back there thinking, I'm like, like as cool as that is for me, it's not directed to me, right? It's directed toward God. And how like, how cool uh, would that be? In fact, there's a, a clip going around uh, uh, about these thousand musicians who play this Foo Fighter song. Have you seen that? Uh, I forget what country it is. Is it Italy? It's Italy. And it's just amazing, like over probably 100, 100 drummers just all in sync and all the people singing and everything. And at the end, the, the director or whoever put it together said, said I'm sure a lot of people are, are watching this, but it wasn't for them. It was for one person. That was Dave Grohl. And, um, and Dave, this is a thousand musicians who love your music so much. We want you to come to Italy and play for us. And I thought, well, if I was Dave Grohl, I'd go. But, but, but also just thinking, you know, I mean, just that's as cool as it is for us to, to hear and, and witness. It's for one person. It's for God. And, uh, and we're really asking him to be here uh, now. So it's very, very cool. So this is uh, the 10th week of, of sur or Summer on the Mount, and Eric told me this morning that I guess when I was gone last week or a couple of weeks ago, I've been traveling a lot, that he said that he was going to give somebody a prize who could recite the whole pre-message uh, video or something like that at the end of the series. And, and so, I don't, did, did he tell you those? Yeah, okay, so you can say indignant audacity, you know, and lots of other fun things to say like that, so that'd be kind of cool. So over the past 10 weeks, uh, we've been going over a lot of different things, but essentially this is a series and a sermon given by Jesus to people who are his followers, saying this is what it means to live out in a practical way, what it means to follow me and live out this life. And he talks a lot about different things like uh, self-realized holiness, and, and that's a, that's a non-starter. And then also anger and lust and, and giving and prayer. And I was looking through these lists, this list this week, and this week we're talking about judgment. And it seems like there's a centralized theme really through this whole thing uh, about pride versus humility. And all of these things, uh, when you, uh, it really comes down to approaching or going through life with, with, with an attitude of pride, like I have it all together, I have it all figured out, I have it right, versus humility is saying, I have something to learn. I, I, I need God and I need other people to speak into my life in order for me to, to uh, have this rich and abundant life. And I was thinking about those kind of different things. And like I say, we're talking about judgment today. And then really at, at, at its core, judgment uh, is, is the, you know, proper judgment and improper judgment comes down to your attitude. It's a matter of the heart. 
It's, are you being prideful? Are you approaching somebody with, with an attitude of, I have it all figured out, you need to listen to me, versus, uh, hey, I need more understanding. Now, judgment isn't just judgment. Uh, uh, you know, there are things that, that we judge all the time, and they don't rise to the level of what we're talking about uh, today. In fact, uh, Jamie and Heidi's uh, daughter, Elise, yesterday, I walked into the house, and the first thing she said to me was, you're going to shave your whiskers for church tomorrow, aren't you? <laughs> I was judged. <laughs> I was judged unfavorably. Uh, and uh, apparently she, you know, and I'm like, you don't like my whiskers? She's like, no. And I'm like, all right, well, you know, there you go. Uh, we're not talking about that. You know, we're, we're, we're talking about a, a much deeper judgment, judging of the, of the person. And I was looking, and we're going to be in Matthew chapter 7, verses 1 through 6 today. And I was looking through that, and Jesus does just uh, an amazing job of kind of breaking down uh, how we, our attitudes, what our attitudes should be when we think about judgment, because, I mean, we judge. Everybody judges, and we're, and we're judged. I mean, it's just, it's, it's a human nature. It's part of our sin nature. So he's like, what, what should be going through our heads when we do that? And, and then, he, then he talks about us as a, as a body of Christ. How do we interact with one another? And then he talks about those who do not share our faith. And I broke this down into an acronym, uh, the acronym MUT. Okay, now not Mutt the Egyptian goddess, you know, Mutt the Egyptian goddess, never heard of her, uh, well, that's Mutt the Egyptian goddess, and uh, Mutt actually is the Egyptian name for mother, so aren't you glad if you're a mother that you're not Egyptian because your kids would say, hey, Mutt, all right, next, <laughs> And it's not mutt with two T's. And I threw this in here because if you can throw a baby animal up there, it's always a win, right? Because everybody goes, ah, and, and then everybody's happy. So not, isn't he cute though? That's a little yeah. mixed breed puppy. Sorry, not a mutt. Got to be PC. Okay. <laughs> so... It's really in this, in this section, and we'll break it down, but Jesus is saying, look, me, me or, or you, what is our attitude as followers? As followers of him, this is for followers of him, what, what should it be? What are the dangers implied in this idea of judgment? Us, how do we interact with one another, and how do we interact with the world? So, if you turn to Matthew chapter 7, uh, verse 1 and 2, uh, he starts out and says, do not judge others, and you will not be judged, for you will be treated as you treat others. The standard you use in judging is the standard by which you will be judged. Now, clearly Jesus is not making a promise here, right? 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 I mean, because, because you could go through life and not judge anybody, and you're going to be judged. Heck, I'm going to judge you. Okay, for this to work, you just got to lighten up, just kind of roll with it. If you just want a stodgy old pastor who doesn't have any humor, this is not going to work for either one of us. All right, so you don't have to laugh. Like my, I think my wife says, you know, just because they don't laugh doesn't mean they didn't get it. But yeah, you're paying attention. Okay, so that's why 
just a little authenticity moment there, you know. Just, we're just rolling. I mean, we're learning about Jesus and everything. This is serious stuff, but we can still crack a smile every so often. God will not be that angry. So he won't send a plague or anything like that. So, okay, so, you know, this idea of, of, of judgment. And I, I was thinking about this the, this week, and I've been in the church a long time. I've been pastor for 15 plus years. I've been in the church even longer. And one thing that I've heard a lot uh, time and time again is people are like, you know, I don't want to go to church because they're a bunch of self-righteous, you know, judgmental hypocrites and things like that, right? Right. right. Okay. Thank you. This is much better. This will go much smoother, less painful on everyone. So I was thinking about that and, and just I, I, on my Facebook author page, I wrote a little bit about, about this today, but this is basically what was going through my head that I do not believe that the church is, is the undisputed leader in self-righteous, judgmental hypocrisy anymore. Um, I honestly believe, and this is just my opinion, it's social media. Uh, it just, I, I look at social media and not only does it happen, but it, it is praise that there's, there's a whole just pool of people, it's the church of social media that, that, that is self-righteous, they don't hold people to the standard that they hold themselves to, that, that uh, they're judgmental, they, they, they make judgments based on a picture or, uh, or, or a video clip or, or something, and it happens all, all the time, and I'm not just talking about Cecil and the dentist, I mean, I mean that's just the last, last Thing that that's happened. I don't know the context of it or or whatever, but but you know, and and hypocrites. You know, essentially, remember, hypocrites uh, is being an actor pretending that you're somebody that you're not. And there's no commitment there. There's no community. And and it's interesting to me that I, I think that we're actually entering into a stage where or a period in in our history that that the church is is actually not that anymore. Thankfully, that, that, that actually, I believe, people who are still investigating the claims of Christ and trying to live out biblical community really have this heartfelt desire to, to uh, encourage one another and to help one another live a rich and abundant life that Jesus promised. So Jesus here in verses 1 and 2 says, do not judge others, you will not be judged. He's not, he's not making a promise. This is kind of wisdom that Jesus is imparting. Basically, if, you know, treat others as you want to be treated. So if you're a jerk face to somebody, there's, they're probably going to be a jerk face back, right. Right? right? If you're really nice to somebody, may just may ignore you or something, and that's good, you know, that's, or maybe they're nice back or, or something like that. Now, the interesting thing about this word judge because I think judge, you know, whenever we use an English word that is very common to us like that, we all, all of a sudden think about a certain thing, like don't judge me or, or All right, I don't judge you and all that, this kind of stuff. But the Greek word actually here is very, very interesting. It's, uh, it's uh, krinet. Now, what does that sound like, the English word? Critique, critic. It's actually, this is the word that we get our word critic from. This idea of, of somebody who's not in the, in the game and is making 
a, a uh, evaluation or commentary on somebody or somebody's behavior. Now, if you dig down even deeper into that, that Greek word, uh, krinet, it actually uh, has a, a really important English word that's attached to it. It's separation. Now, in my biblical view, this really comes down to the gospel, that, that the whole Bible and the whole story of God with humanity is really this idea of separation versus unification, that, that we are separated uh, from God because of the original sin, that the law we went through and there was a way to show us that we were in need of a Messiah. And why did that Messiah come to bring unification? So if you take that word separation or, or uh, separate and you exchange it for judge, I think it actually brings a little more clarity to this, uh, what Jesus is saying. It says, do not separate others and you will not be separated. For you will be treated as you treat others. The standard you use in separating is the standard in which you will be separated. And I think, at least for me, that brought a little bit more clarity because separation and, and separating people, either by, by race or by, by uh, political party or by income or whatever, is the tool of the enemy. God envisions people to be united. God's vision for humanity and creation is to have a right relationship with Him, right relationship with people, and a right relationship with His creation. And when sin came into the world, these things got separated. We got separated from one another. We got separated from God. We got uh, separated from his, his creation. This is the tool of the enemy. And what I believe Jesus is saying here is when you are separating. When you are judging, you need to be very, very careful because you are entering into the domain of the enemy. You're using the tool of the enemy. And, and that is a very, very dangerous weapon. So that's us or me. You know, if you were talking to yourself, it's like me. When, when I feel the urge to judge and not about somebody's whiskers, but about somebody's, you know, person and, and they're in things like that, that, that you need to enter into this very slowly to, to really resist it as much as, as possible. And especially uh, if you don't live up to the next part, which is us. And this is in verses three and five. Jesus continues and says, and why worry about a speck in your friend's eye or a brother or sister's eye when you have a log in your own? How can you think of saying to your friend, let me, get let me help you get rid of that speck in your eye when you can't see past the log in your own eye? Hypocrite, actor, you're acting. And this is the fourth time that Jesus uses this in the Sermon on the Mount. First, get rid of the log in your own eye. Then you will see well enough to deal with the speck in your friend's eye or fellow brother or sister in Christ's eye. Now, I've seen a lot of like illustrations about this. In fact, if you Google, 
you know, log and spec and everything. There's like a thousand like really poorly drawn cartoons uh, about, you know, with a guy with like a tree in his eye and then another, you know, a little speck in somebody else's eye. I, I spared you from seeing any of those. You can thank me later. And no, you wouldn't have. You would have cried. So. But, but the imagery is, is there, right? That, that Jesus obviously is using hyperbole. He's not talking about a literal log in your eye, and, and, he, you know, and he's not using, talking about a literal speck. He, he's trying to create an image with words, you know, this idea of a little, a little sawdust in your eye versus, versus a log. And, and I think a lot of times we stop there, and we're like, well, we shouldn't say anything. And if we stop there, Jesus would be kind of the anti-discipleship kind of Messiah, right? Because you can't have, yeah, thank you. <laughs> that, 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 you know, we, we're not a community and just like, hey, it's all good. You're doing good. I'm doing good. Well, he's not doing so good, but whatever, you know, it, it this is not what Jesus is saying. And we know this because he continues on and he says, look, first get rid of the log in your own eye. Then you will see well enough to deal with the speck in your friend's eye. And this is, again, it goes back to pride and humility. It, it's, and, the, and the church has had trouble with this, with this, this you know, and it, through antiquity is this idea of like, well, I'm self-righteous. I have it all all together, and here, let me help you with this little speck in your eye, and, 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 and Jesus is preaching against this or saying, no, 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 wait a second. You need to come to somebody in humility, and I, I've learned this the hard way. When I was a younger pastor, and, and there was a uh, I saw something or I thought I saw something in somebody's life that was not glorifying to Christ or, or maybe even self-destructive behavior. I used to, this is how this conversation used to go. I, I would uh, invite you out to coffee or something. I'd sit down and I, and I said, you know, I've noticed you're a miserable sinner. <laughs> maybe not so blunt, but I would come out and, and, and say, hey, you know what? You know, you're, you know, what you're doing is not Christ-like. I mean, basically, it was nicer than that, but that's basically what I was, I was getting at. And it was prideful. It was sin. It was me coming and assuming that I knew the context. The same thing that people do on Facebook all the time, that without context, without really any relational right, just, you know, just because I was in a position to notice something, I felt it was my right or, or responsibility to say something without any context. I've learned the hard way that, that you know what, that is, that is the way a prideful person approaches another human being. A, hum, a more humble way to do it, and this is, I've, I've learned the hard way, is, is to sit down with somebody. And, and, and again, I feel we have a responsibility to one another. I feel you have a responsibility to me. I feel I have a responsibility to you. If, if we are all saying we want to be Christ-like, if we are all saying that we want to be as close as we can to the heart and mind of Jesus as, as we possibly can and, and be representatives of his life and his teaching and carry his name, then we have a responsibility to one another. 
But how we disciple one another is very important. We can disciple one another with logs in our eyes and, and with pride, or we can come in humility. And I found a better way is, you know, say that I see a picture or, or a, a comment on, on Facebook that I don't really understand, you know, that, that doesn't seem very loving to me, doesn't seem very Christ-like, that I'll sit down with that person and, and I'll ask them, I said, hey, I, I saw this. Can you help me understand the, the context of that? And it's a completely different way of, of approaching. That, that is a way that, that, that fosters communication. It's a, it's a way that you can bring context because sometimes, you know what? Uh, there's there's a, a, a logical explanation for something. Remember Tim Matson? Yeah, he, I mean, he's a friend of ours. You remember Tim Matson? no? The, the musician who came by. Him and his friend were staying in my home. And remember Charlie? Well, Charlie had just come to my house. I was going to use him for a thing. And Charlie had no clothes on when he came. And I picked up Charlie, and I was walking with Charlie, and Tim took a picture of me. <laughs> And immediately posted it on Facebook. And I saw that picture on Facebook, and I was like, what did you just do? Because it did not look good. Looked bad, very bad, bad pastor. And I I said, Tim, why'd you you post it? And uh, he's like, well, he's like, I thought it was funny. And I said, oh, and, and he's like, do you want me to take it down? And I said, well, it's not really helping the cause. <laughs> he goes, I'll take it, I'll take it down. But if Amy Gortney saw that picture, I'm sure I, you know, even though there was a very good explanation for it, that, that, that she could have come at it two ways. Mark, why are you posing with a, man, a naked mannequin and posting it on Facebook, or can you explain the context of that? It's Tim's fault, right? <laughs> you know, so, so this is this is the difference. This is the, the difference of how we interact with one another. Paul talks about this in Romans chapter 14, verse 10. He says, So why do you condemn? Now, what do you think that Greek word is? Krenet. It is. It's the exact same word that Jesus uses. Why do you separate another believer? Why do you look down on another believer? Remember, we will all stand before the separation seat or the judgment seat, for the Scripture says, I, as surely as I live, says the Lord, every knee will bend to me. Every tongue will declare allegiance and praise to God. Yes, each of us will give a personal account to God. So let's stop condemning each other. Let's stop separating each other. Decide instead to live in such a way that will not cause another believer to stumble and fall. And again, this paints a very different picture of biblical community, of how we as biblical community need to interact with one another. That the goal of a follower of Christ, and the goal of God is not separation, it's reconciliation. It's forgiveness and unity. And that 
Paul's writing here saying, look, we should live our lives in a way that unifies people, unifies followers of Christ to live these rich and abundant lives with one another. And then finally, in in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 2 and 3, Paul continues on with this attitude that, that we should have toward one another. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowances for each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourself united in the Spirit, binding yourself together with peace. I mean, catch the the words that are used here, humble, gentle, binding, united. Again, when it's us and we have the stated goal to relentlessly pursue Jesus, that that our goal is unification. Our goal is to, to bind ourselves together in that one purpose. And that's called discipleship when it's done right, that we have the relational right to speak truth into one another's life. And then finally in verse 6 is them. Now, not them in a, in a, you know, a derogatory way, but those people who do not share the Christian faith. Those who, who, who are thinking wonderful, perhaps loving people who do not have a desire to be like Christ, to follow Christ, to to follow his teachings. And this is what Jesus says about that. Don't waste what is holy on people who are unholy. Don't throw your pearls to pigs. They will trample the pearls and turn, then turn and attack you. Now, Eric next week is going to go more in depth into this scripture, but I just want to touch on it because I feel it's part of this whole uh, idea that Jesus is coming to. Now, what is holy? What is set aside for God? What is what is absolutely pure? You know, don't don't waste it on people. Don't you know? Or the imagery, and again, very uh, vivid imagery of throwing pearls, something very very valuable to pigs. And Jesus isn't calling, you know, unbelievers or people who don't follow him pigs. He's just, he's making an illustration here. And, and I think this is critically important for us to understand because far too long, I believe, this is commentary, that, that the church has been far too concerned with them and not concerned enough with us. That we've tried to disciple people who do not claim to be uh, followers of Christ, have no desire to follow Christ, have no, uh, have not, uh, you know, do not have the Holy Spirit in, dwelled in them, did not invite them, and we want to hold them to our beliefs in our, in our, um, in our value system. And Jesus is very, very clear of what happens when we do that. He says, look, you're wasting your time, number one. But also, when you do that, eventually, they are going to turn and trample those pearls, trample the good news, and they are going to attack you. And isn't that exactly what we're seeing today? That is exactly what we're seeing. But it is not their fault. It's our fault because we who claim that we are followers of Christ and believe in His teaching did not follow His teaching in this. 
that we should be, our job is not to disciple those who are not disciples. Our job is to invite those and to be hospitable to those and loving to those who are not followers of Christ. But discipleship is for the church, for those who are in the body of Christ. And what happens is when, you know, somebody with a log in their eye or two logs in their eye or a whole forest in their eye, and people can see it, except the person with a forest in their eyes goes out and starts trying to, you know, throw pearls to swine or, or try to disciple people who do not want to be discipled that they get angry, and rightly so. Jesus told, it, they told us they would attack us, but did we listen? No, of course not. So if we don't listen, why would we expect people who are not empowered by the Holy Spirit, dwelled by the Holy Spirit and given the freedom of Jesus to listen? This is called hypocrisy. And this is something I believe that, that we as the church, Big C Church, we need to repent of. Because if we would have followed Jesus' teaching here, that we would have looked at ourselves and understood that, that separation is the tool of the enemy and that unity and restoration should be our goal and that we should be in humility with one another and speaking into one another's lives in humility, understanding that we all are sinners, that all of us are broken, messy people, and that we, our responsibility is not to disciple those who are not disciples. Our responsibility is, again, to be hospitable and, and inviting to those. Jesus also says in Matthew 15 later on, he says, every plant not planted by my heavenly Father will be uprooted. So ignore them. So, every plant not planted by, my heavenly by our heavenly Father will be uprooted. What does he say? Next. So ignore them. Not go uproot them. Don't go to Home Depot and get weed be gone. Right? Ignore, not our responsibility. Your responsibility is to get the log out of your eye. My responsibility is to get the log out of my eye. Our responsibility as the church is to help one another get the logs and the sawdust and all that kind of stuff out of each other's eyes. That's called discipleship. That's what we are called to do in the church. This is why we have growth groups. This is why we have equipped classes. This is why we come on Sunday. This is why we do the, you know, Bible studies. This is why we do, uh, you know, service projects. This is why we do all of these things. It's all discipleship. It's what the church does. So it will refine us or get the crud out of our eyes so we can see Jesus and see one another more clearly with Christ's eyes. He continues on and, and says this, they are blind guides leading the blind. And if one blind person guides another, they will both fall into a ditch. Right? Right. I mean, exactly. I mean, it's very, very simple, you know. And so Jesus, again, is 
so crystal clear on this that, that the church should have never, ever, ever been labeled as a self-righteous, judgmental, you know, judgmental hypocrites if we would have just followed these teachings because we would have known. You know what? Judgment is separation, and that's a very dangerous thing. That, that if we have humility, we would have understood that we are all in need of a Savior. That, that we would know that we aren't self-righteous. That is impossible to be self-righteous. It's impossible to make ourselves right with God outside of Jesus. And that we should be focused in the discipleship sense on each other to invest in one another. And then finally, yes, be loving. Yes, invite. Yes, be hospitable. But don't disciple those who are not disciples. That is not our call. That is God's call, to invite them into the family when they're ready. You guys pray with me. 